This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. I do want to switch gears a little bit because I am super excited, listeners, to talk with Daniel about something that he and I have been working on. We've been writing a little piece that is going to be published very soon, uh, a very interesting piece. Why don't you talk a little bit about the Genesis? Because you actually hit me well, up on I'm, email. And I'm it was so like, excited. You know, excited. I've been looking this. for an excuse to, uh, yeah. to look you up and say, let's let's try to think about something, yeah. about some ideas around on this. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, we were thinking as... It, it comes up a lot. I mean, in these these with the political atmosphere today, it's almost impossible in the classroom for <laughs> the idea of uh, the Trump, the yes. campaigns, yes. the Hillary Clinton. You know, wh- whatever it is, it's, yes. it's very it's it's almost impossible. It comes up all the time mm-hmm. that um, that we're asked. What do you think about their marketing? And, <laughs> yes. and like, what does a marketer? What does a marketer have to say about this kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. And neither one of us are political science people. I mean, I think we both have an interest in, in this, and I've been learning more and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that there is a lot that we can. A, a lot of the concepts that we teach in the class yes. end up being applicable here. And some yes. of them, some of them have been talked about in the media. Some of them a some lot of them less. Have so and what was really we're cool exploring that? It, what is the Trump, Trump brand? The Trump brand, listeners, it's very exciting because Daniel uh, hit me up on email. He's like, I have a really cool idea. Let's give, let's do an analysis from the perspective of being two marketing professors, and let's actually just analyze sort of the Trump brand and give sort of the the brand report card for Trump. And so he he came with, to me with this idea. I was like, that's a fantastic idea, Daniel. Love to sit down and provide some thoughts. And we sort of wrote an article. Let's talk a little bit about some of the key things that came out of that conversation and that analysis that's going to be published soon. Sure. I think, um, I mean, one one thing that we've discussed a, a lot is that there are, you know, in marketing, traditionally we've thought about, about brands, mm-hmm. um, and this is, you know, years ago, mm-hmm. as it's one purchase, and we have this sort of, like, idea in our mind of yeah. someone in the supermarket, they're standing in the aisle, and they're standing, and trying <laughs> to decide whether they should choose one mustard or the other mustard, yeah, right? right? right. And, uh, and they've got 25 million mustards there, and they're trying right. to figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. And they're looking at the relative benefits and, and value that they're going to get from each one. Mm-hmm. Um, now, on this on this dimension, I, we have both agreed that... Uh, that the president is has has been really successful, um, has been is really good at this. I mean, mm. because he's able to attach things, um, to attach kind of concepts to himself. Right, and he's chosen. His, cho- his yeah. mustard is different. <laughs> his, his, <laughs> people believe his there. mustard is people different. People have very strong feelings about his mustard. <laughs> yeah, and, and his mustard is is a winner, and he talks about it in in yes. those in those kind of things. So yes. he's always attaching uh, strong. Uh, win smart mm-hmm. to himself. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always talks about that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And when he's talking about other people, he almost always describes them something like a weak news yes. or stupid or dumb or something yeah, like that. Right? right. So he's kind of like he and he's trying to create that uh, that comparative advantage. Mm-hmm. I actually did. Okay. So as I was I was preparing for today. Okay. Nice. Uh, I did just now. This is very unscientific. Okay, but let me just tell okay. you. Let me tell you what I found. So I went into the Trump. Uh, Twitter archive. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. And you can search based on words. So this is not perfect. It's not all cleaned up, but it'll give you the idea of, of what's going on. If uh-huh. you look, I chose six words: strong, weak, uh-huh. win, lose, smart, stupid. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, if you add up all the mentions that he has of those, um, it comes out to about eleven percent of all of his tweets used one of those words. Gotcha. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And if eleven percent, eleven percent. Wow. Okay. And if you look at uh, some of the a lot of the issues that he 
talks a lot about. Uh-huh. Okay, so uh-huh. taxes, economy, jobs, military, wall, and immigration. Mm-hmm. Um, and you add up all the tweets, the number of tweets that have been there, it's 7.1%, around 7%. Now, again, this isn't 100% clean, but it kind of gives you the idea, um, even though some of these other ones, they're provocative and they, they might get more media attention, actually. But mm-hmm. if you look at like how he's portraying himself, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to, to say that he's... Uh, somehow more concerned about one than the other himself. Understood, right. Um, so, but this is, what, listen, this is what he's communicating, this, right? Uh, Daniel, you are reporting a fact pattern, sir. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? so, this is the data. So. Well, it's, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but it's just, I mean, like how we interpret, I don't want to over-interpret it and make right. it seem that he's um, that that he doesn't care about these other things, but it, but the way that he's communicating himself, and I think it's fairly conscious, I, mm-hmm. is my sense. Uh-huh. My, my gut tells me it's fairly conscious. Mm-hmm. If you look at... Um, at the types of uh, things that are, that are issues that are important, maybe more, a little bit more to Democrats, maybe we'll we'll say education. Mm-hmm. Um, there's abortion, which could go either way. Right. Marriage, health, health care, drugs, yep. um, uh, terrorism. Uh, those are only two percent. Th- those six words. So you can see that there's like there's a very strong tendency to to do this, and he actively does it all the yes. time. Yes, interesting. And I think that another really cool, interesting point that you're making there, Daniel, is that you know if you look at the the first list of words that come up, eleven percent. So that's the power of I got a pr- primacy in my brand, and I'm going to put my brand out there. I'm also going to brand the other people, which is super. I, I don't know if I've ever seen this in a political space where I'm going to go out there and literally brand my opponent very cleverly with these short phrases these nicknames, I guess, as it were, that's powerful stuff. And then all this other stuff with the issues, you know, that kind of fades a little bit to the background. But the issues I do talk about, right, that have to do with that 7% are the issues that are, they, they themselves are really well branded. So when they go, those guys talk about healthcare and blah, 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 and then you start getting the policy nuances and what is the, what is the specific breakdown of all these details. President Trump is staying at this brand level where it's all about the symbolic, the emotion, the easy to remember, the easy to cue in your mind. To your point, as we wrote about in the article, bringing these things to mind immediately, simple things to remember, and they just 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 drum them into your brain, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then as soon as people think about him or, or his name comes yeah. up, there's a, there's a certain image that yeah. that comes up, and uh, and it's it's both. Uh, you know, you get that sort of uh, almost like this. I, I, at least for me, like mm-hmm. when I when I hear his name, even you know, and it's the same thing with brands. You know, yes. you think you you somebody says Nike, and you think of the the swoosh, the swoosh? and you start to think of other of certain players. Yeah. And with him, for me personally, it ends up you know I kind of see like that silhouette that you often see. Yes. Um, of him, that he's got that kind of striking silhouette. Yes. Now and so in in this, you know, we I think we agree that he's he's been really masterful in putting uh, in in creating this sort of com- comparative. Advantage. Advantage, yes. Where like it builds right. himself up, but then he pushes other people down. Yes. So, if, so it's um, and and it creates that um, uh, that relative advantage that he has. But yes. Now the only problem is. Yeah. So just to yeah, pause, yeah, just yeah. to pause really quickly there. So you know, from the perspective of two marketing professors, we would say, wow, that's pretty successful. But it actually has been incredibly successful. So that that portion of brands Trump report Trump's report card, if you will, gets high marks. Absolutely. Right? And then, now we turn to like, where are the big challenges and what? how can we kind of diagnose those challenges from a marketing perspective? Yeah. So please. And I think I would take us back to the mustard aisle if I could. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I can ask people listening now, uh, the last time you bought mustard, how long did you stay there mm-hmm. um, trying to figure out which one to get and the other one? And the answer is hopefully no. Right. <laughs> okay. right. Uh, hopefully you did what most people do, which is you walked in the aisle, you grabbed the mustard that you usually get mm-hmm. um, and, and you left. Mm-hmm. Um, and you probably won't switch mustards until 
something goes wrong with the mustard. Right. Um, you'll probably keep going. It's the same thing with banks. People don't choose, don't switch banks until something goes wrong. Right. Uh, right. And so the, the thing that got you to choose the mustard in the first place. Which were all of those techniques that, that we lauded originally. That's right. right? Yeah. Yeah. Here's those, the downside. Those things that those when things? you're trying to get people to create, create one transaction. Right. Uh, are sometimes the very things that make it difficult to, to keep people on mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so to keep them loyal to keep them loyal exactly right. mm-hmm, exactly mm-hmm. and there's uh and we both uh teach this in our in our class i know i do all all the time is that, you know you drum in that these things you know acquiring a customer is not the same as retaining a customer mm-hmm. and sometimes you can your acquisition efforts can actually backfire when it comes to retention mm-hmm. uh why how, how do you retain people well people stay with providers that they see are consistent mm-hmm. uh and reliable uh, and uh, and people that um, that deliver consistent deliver. service. That's correct. Consistent um, service, right? And so the, the, all that emotional stuff can only get you so far. Once people start, you know, expecting a certain thing, give me the product quality. If you can't deliver on those things, I think a lot of a lot of the loyal base is saying, "Listen, you know, this emotional piece. I feel this connection. He's like me. There's some identification. There's some identity. Or maybe it's based on fear. Maybe you know, other kinds of emotions. Very powerful. But now as they start like getting used to it and sort of understanding." a little bit better and thinking about it perhaps a little bit more right, then you right. got to deliver on those things to, to keep those customers loyal yeah right and and, and that's you know, where it's been a bit of a challenge right and you know in my view I, th- I think he said he has a hard time doing this because he's always focused so much on that that uh, the the you know making these connections and associations with his brand that mm-hmm. um, you know and, and part of that is I want to be unpredictable I want to be seen as yes, unpredictable yes, he yes. said that before he said I yes. want to be unpredictable and so if people tried people in the campaign uh, when during the in 2016 they tried to use it against him yes but it actually played in his favor I That's think right. because it showed that he was going to shake things up and that was part of his of his good brand now that he's uh, in power it's mu- it's it's not as attractive to people people mm-hmm. want somebody who's more stable. Mm-hmm. More, mm-hmm. more predictable, more reliable, mm-hmm. and uh, and that goes for I think for the elector electorate, mm-hmm. uh, but also for senators and others that have to work with him. Um, if they if they think that he's going to change his mind a lot, um, yes. then that's a sign of not being reliable. So it, it gets very dangerous for him, and I think that's really where he's got some real weakness. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. 